Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. We're just gonna spend 20 minutes taking turns going, an ocean voyage, <laughs> aren't we? Very interesting. Welcome back to another minute of Joe vs. the Minute. We're a podcast analyzing the 1990 film Joe vs. the Volcano starring Tom Hanks. And you might have guessed that we're pretty excited about it given that we're already quoting this minute. We consist of myself, Tierney Steele. I'm Jarf. I'm Jonathan. I'm Tabitha. Welcome back, guys. Jonathan and Tabitha are rejoining us because, well, because they're awesome. (laughs) And we kidnapped them for Monday's episode because they were involved in the Princess Bride Minute. And we had True Love and Carol Kane. So obviously, we said, come on over, hang out with us for a bit. Thank you. No Kafka in Princess Bride, though. (laughs) No. Uh, Yeah. He does have beady eyes. Turns out Those she's beady eyes. That's true. Maybe Kafka is like a R-O-U-S or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they exist. Well, this is a very safe minute. This is minute 41, and it consists of a trip to Hammaker Schlummer's store, which is still at 147 East 57th Street, New York, New York, just like it says on the door. Although I didn't look to see if the hours are still the same as they were when this was filmed. I have never been to the store, but seeing the Hammaker Schlummer catalog was a highlight of childhood. Have you guys ever looked at what they sell? This is but a taste. (laughs) Give us some context, Tierney. Was it a highlight of your childhood because you had seen Joe versus a volcano and you recognized that this was the store or just because it was an awesome catalog? Just because it was awesome. They have a life-size dinosaur jarf. What? (laughs) They have like a rideable T-Rex or Tyrannosaur. Three horns. Why can I only remember the... Triceratops. It's a triceratops. (laughs) Take a deep breath and then. Sorry. (laughs) Anyone who looked at this as a kid and looked at the sheer volume of ridiculous things that you could buy if only you had all the money in the world. I had never heard of it. So no, I've never looked at the magazine before. I just had JCPenney's catalogs to drool over when I was a kid. I would like to point out, I never have bought anything from the store in my life, but <laughs> we wanted that mailing list. You don't have a, a brass Coleman lantern or a filing case minibar at work or anything? <laughs> I don't even have a ride on hot rod motorcycle. $250, an RC Lamborghini <laughs> remote control car, a remote control car that climbs the wall. Oh, that's cool. An 80-foot range snowball launcher. <laughs> wow. An Atari home Pac-Man arcade. Oh, a Bugatti racer car. Heirloom quality Beatrix Potter tea set. Actually, that looks very similar to the one I actually did have in the 80s. <laughs> My first driving simulator. Toddler sitting doing that. And, I mean, they have normal things. They've got like a Thomas Kincaid snow globe. There's actually, I see a little portable putting green. Like, <laughs> but they would have these absolutely ridiculous things like a 12 foot long animatronic Triceratops <laughs> that of course was always like on the cover. And you just looked at your parents and were like, I need that. <laughs> What's money, mom, dad? (laughs) I actually have a portable putting green like that, that I'm trying to work up the nerve to take into work because I've just always (laughs) wanted to have some kind of fun, whimsical thing in my office. 
Do Would you it. feel like an executive? Yes, exactly. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'll keep, and then post I'll keep a listeners picture. posted. Yes. Yep. <laughs> listeners, you can see a picture posted here in the group. Yes. Yes. One last thing, and then I swear to God, I will close this page because it's very distracting. They also have a remote control slithering King Cobra, and I kind of want to send it to the Indiana Jones Minute guys for Christmas. Or Edward <laughs> John Bruggen. <laughs> anyway, we can talk about things that are actually in this movie if you want. Now I will close the uh, Christmas catalog. <laughs> I So you have a putting green. I do love those lanterns, but I got very excited to see this umbrella, which looks a lot like Hawkeye's umbrella in the film MASH, which I'm well acquainted with because I did MASH Minute. Bringing it back to MASH. He's everywhere. <laughs> I always thought the the putting greens in the offices were a pretty cool thing. How are you guys at putt-putt golf, miniature golf? Are you, are you pretty good? Do you usually sink the putt? No, I'm terrible, but I love it. <laughs> Same. I like it. Yeah, I do too. Sometimes I'm good and sometimes I am not. Yes. I'm usually not. I usually hit it too hard and then it bounces over the boundary. <laughs> but every once in a while I get a hole in one and I'm very excited. It sounds like you're a real hazard out there, Tabitha. I am a bit of a hazard. It <laughs> pops in the water and I, I it's because I maybe once in my life have I ever gone to a real golf course at like actually golfing on the golf course and not just caddying. And so I think I always just really want to take a big swing, you know, at the ball when I'm in the putt-putt course. And so I just always hit it too hard. (laughs) Once we went with our friends, Graylin and Sarazia, and their six-year-old daughter, Samira, and she got a hole-in-one and became very cocky as a result. (laughs) So at the end of the day, she said, let's do this again sometime. And next time, I'll teach you how to win. (laughs) Did she actually win or did she just got that one? She did not win. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to know that they're still your friends. <laughs> I just really love the idea of a six-year-old leaving the golf course going, let's do this again sometime. <laughs> Back to the office. It sounds like she has a hand, like a handful of money or something you guys had to pay her at the end. <laughs> just like, very nice doing business with you. <laughs> should do this again. Yeah. I'm now, also quite enamored of the violin case bar. Now, what's the, I guess that's the whole point of this store. Like, what's the point of the violin case bar? I mean, it's, it's it's kind of funny, I guess. But I mean, you well, could just buy a, a little bar in a box, I guess. Yeah, that's that's what this is. It just happens to be in the shape of a violin case. And everything would be kind of safe and cushioned in there for travel. Yeah. yeah. So it would be. I know, and I know, keep but in you could, mind, you could... everything we see, it's not actually useless. Like shaving right. kit. Put it, like these are all things that you could use. And that's the beauty of hammock or schlubber. <laughs> You can almost convince yourself you need it. <laughs> well, and I don't have any personal experience with, with them, but at least they claim that part of their thing is like, you know, a, a crazy wide selection, but also quality. Because there's lots of, what's the one magazine that you used to? LTD. LTD. Yeah, that kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, there's, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, all, it's a crazy selection of stuff, but some of it's like just really cheap stuff. Mm-hmm. But Hammaker Schlumber has, you know. They say that their reputation is that it's all quality stuff. Yeah. Well, they started out as, I might be misremembering this. I thought they started out as like a hardware store because they're super old. 
It's over, yeah, it's hundreds of years old, so I could see them really holding on to it, like, no, no, we're, we're going to keep up the reputation. Yeah, so I, th- I think that would be that would be interesting to walk into a store and see all these, like, different things that you may or may not need, but, but if it's actually, like, a good quality piece, you're like, I don't know. And I like that we get this before he goes shopping for luggage, so that when the guy asks, are you traveling light or heavy? He goes, heavy, we, we get it, like, we're in on the joke, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has a lot of stuff. And I do like that he is taking full advantage of having these credit cards that he can just spend all he wants and max them out and that he's not just like, well, that's not very practical or whatever. I don't know that I need that. He's just buying whatever he likes and whatever he wants and he's just doing it. He all but finger guns his reflection in the window. He is having (laughs) the best time now. This is also where I feel the movie overlaps somewhat with Big. It doesn't seem like he knows how to be an adult. So he's getting (laughs) really silly versions of Sea Voyage items, which I love. And at first, I thought he was just getting the golf club. Like when I watched these minutes again, I thought he was just testing out the golf club. And he's like, yeah, I'll get this until we we kind of picked up last night, watched the movie from these minutes on through the end. And uh, so later on, I was like, oh, no, OK, he, he bought the whole green. Got it. <laughs> so what was his thought process when he bought the green? Because as far as he knows, he's going on the sea voyage and then straight to the island. Is this in case I get marooned at sea, I'm going to want to have something to entertain myself? I don't think you could really use this on a ship, right? Well, you could. A cruise ship, but not a, not a little, not a yacht. It'd be it too shaky. on the boat. It would be pretty shaky. It'd be rolly. Well, yeah, but people do, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know that. He's not very fancy. And it doesn't have to make sense because he's got the money for it. So if he just wants it, he can buy it. When we transition the minutes, or not the minute, um, transition from the store to the luggage. luggage. Oh, I love this. (laughs) But when they show, I did just a little research on the Day and Meyer, Murray and Young Court building that is in that transition shot. And it's an actual business in New York. And their kind of their first sentence on their website was pioneering technology, a century of experience and perfect manners. So if you need a moving and storage company with a 15 story fireproof warehouse in the Upper East Side of Manhattan, they're with perfect the, manners. With perfect manners, they are uh, your go to. They actually store. Um, they have steel vaults. So they bring like, I think what they do is they bring like these steel vault containers to you or they put, you know, like um, like people that are storing artwork and higher end stuff in these vaults. And then in their warehouse, it goes off the truck onto conveyor belt systems and onto racks and they store the everybody, you know, they store your own personal vault of storage items right there in that building. Ah, I love it so much. That's that building. And it's fireproof. (laughs) I did a little bit of research too. To answer the unresolved question that I know has probably been bugging listeners so much, can you use a putting green on a yacht? Thank the internet. There is actually a product that settles that question for you. It's the Fun Air Super Yacht Water Toys. The Fun Air Floating Yacht Golf Green is the perfect target for playing golf from your super yacht. These eco-friendly golf balls are made from fish food and will dissolve completely in just a few days. Isn't that great? That's amazing! I love that! 
It exists. So you can play it on your yacht, and if the ball goes off, it's safe for the you environment. You don't feel guilty. If yeah. you're an erratic putter like Tabitha. <laughs> like me. <laughs> you don't have to worry. You're just feeding nice. fish at that point. <laughs> now I just need a yacht. <laughs> right. Problem. I can't solve all problem. your problems today. Oh, come on. <laughs> I have to admit, I did not do research for this minute, but what Tabitha was describing with the storage unit made me think of the TV show Blood and Treasure, where they have to, they're storing antiquities in a super secure, you know, everyone has their own key and passcode and you have to go through security like four different places and but of course it's an adventure show they break in and mm-hmm. then out <laughs> yeah they have pictures on their site of from a long time ago because like i said they've been around uh since 1927 like moving a rembrandt painting and stuff so they they do uh, a lot of high-end dealings i guess i'm gonna it fits so I'm gonna, well i'm gonna reach into the future of this movie just a little bit but like these couple of minutes are, are like pretty fun and you know everyone loves a shopping spree especially if someone else is paying for it you know he's buying all kinds of yeah it's, it's actually he's not really buying that crazy of stuff i mean it's it's a little bit we don't know what the use is of them some of them but are these would these be considered like the the things of man at this point mm. oh as in away from the things of man yeah consumer culture yeah definitely consumer culture would be the things of man although these things come in handy later on yeah <laughs> That's so interesting because even though we use it as our outro, I've never really unpacked that line. But as I think about it now, her central conflict is with her super capitalist dad. So it would make sense that when she's talking about going away from the things of man, she's thinking about it as moving away from material things. Yes, but also keep in mind she intended to do that moving away from material things in a very nice boat. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's true. It is it is interesting yeah. too if there is if there is anything with this, uh it's interesting that Hammaker Schlemmer, like their their reputation is you know, it's all this stuff that you can buy, sure, but they, they do like quality. Whether it was intentional really to dig into the firehouse warehouse or the fireproof warehouse much, but like, you know, they've got their their perfect manners and stuff. So like there is that weird kind of like, yes, this is stuff, but it's at least a good stuff. It's it's not like the movie isn't saying all of this is junk and we see later that it's not junk, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, luggage salesman we're about to meet conducts a little reference interview. If you go to library school, you learn all about this. You never just accept what the person says they're looking for. You need to really dig into it and find out what they need to get them the right information. Or in this case, the right luggage. I like the librarian perspective there, Tierney. I just, as soon as he started talking more, I was like, this is a reference interview. I remember having to learn this. Like, are you traveling light or heavy? <laughs> How are you traveling? <laughs> yeah, everything he needs I like to this, know to match uh, his customer with it. <laughs> I like this salesman. I enjoy his voice. I enjoy his look. And he, I don't know, I just enjoy him. He kind of reminds me of George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life just like his size and stuff too and just like i could see him just having his arms stretched out you know and how big the suitcase 
you know, he needs it to be just like they do in that movie. But yeah, I like the salesman. He's quirky. I like him too. And I like that it never feels like he is a pushy salesman. And it's his agenda to try to get to steer Joe towards this ultra expensive luggage. He really seems invested in solving this luggage problem. And he seems like he loves his job and he's passionate about it. And it's only when he learns the extent of the trip that Joe's taking that he thinks, okay, it's time to, and we'll get the, into this more on Fridays, like go into the, the really special room. And- well, and we'll, we'll get there tomorrow. But he even says, he's like, if I had the, you know, means and the wherewithal. You know, he's he's even saying, he's like, look, I'm just giving you options. And I like, I love his little like philosophy or because as they're walking along, he says, when you're traveling, you know, you're away from home, possibly. And he goes, all you have to depend on is yourself and your luggage. And I mean, let's face it, it's kind of the motto of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's This is setup week. <laughs> You have to learn to love yourself before Meg Ryan can fall in love with you. How hard is that to understand? <laughs> Once you can depend on yourself and your luggage, it'll work out. Now, this uh, this lug- luggage salesman, he mentions that luggage is the central preoccupation of his life. And then before our minutes, when Joe meets Marshall and they start talking about clothes, you know, Marshall kind of sort of says the same thing about clothes and it just seems i don't really have like a conclusion but again it just seems weird that he's meeting he's meeting these people that have very they feel very strongly about very specific things he's sort of going around and encountering these non-player characters that if you ask them the right question they are going to reveal a lot of information about one very specific thing yeah, but it might also be kind of showing showing Joe a way to go, I guess, because he doesn't really seem, you know, the, the beginning of the movie, he doesn't really seem to care a whole lot about anything. He doesn't have any ideals. He's just living. And now he's learning to enjoy it, but he still hasn't put together, like, the meaning behind it. And then we end our minute with an ocean voyage. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any other notes that are a central occupation of your mind for this moment? I I just want everyone to say an ocean voyage as often as possible. Do you take a commuter ferry? Say an ocean voyage. It'll change your life. I'll definitely try to work that in as often as I can living here in a landlocked state. I'm going on a cruise in January and I will start calling it an ocean voyage instead of a cruise. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Philly's got a river. (laughs) Yes, that's true. We have the Schuylkill River and not anything you'd want to voyage on per se. I I have sailed on the Spirit of Philadelphia on it though. But most importantly... (laughs) (laughs) Most importantly, Tabitha, I will send you a link to the Funair yacht putting green so that you can enjoy it on your ocean voyage. <laughs> awesome. I'll have to get some luggage for my ocean voyage so that I can uh, pack my my green in there. I'm sure they'll let me lay that out on the deck of the pa- ocean. Pack your green in there. We, we know what you're saying, Tabitha. Yeah. What did I say? Pack my deck. <laughs> pack my green. <laughs> this luggage salesman could help you out Mm -hmm. i'm assuming we're gonna save talking about him for friday right oh yeah yeah all right that works for me jarf what do we do on wednesdays i'm completely befuddled oh wednesday wins wisdom 
Always splurge for the violin case bar. Jonathan, Tabitha, do you have anything? Uh, oh, are we supposed to be wise right now? <laughs> wise cracking? Cracking Usually wise. we oh, just make a joke if something comes up organically. And you guys have... I, Jonathan, you've made some very deep, meaningful points that I think we should all think about over the next couple of days. So I, you're probably covered. <laughs> so my words of wisdom is if you've just gotten a new haircut and you pass by a glass window, it's okay to look at yourself, smile, and give yourself a little wave. Be happy with yourself. Hashtag Wednesday wisdom. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) What's that wisdom? (laughs) Okay, cool. I think that about wraps it up for us on Wednesday. That wraps up our wisdom for today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. I can stop being smart now. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We will be back on Friday for more of Joe versus the Minute. Where to now, Tierney? Bye. No. (laughs) Away from the things of man, of course. Away from the things of man. I felt sure you were going to say an ocean voyage. (laughs) An ocean voyage. (laughs) Very Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.